here we are at Potted Market. In 2017, Newark First Fridays launched as an inclusive community event to showcase emerging artists, makers, artisan food vendors, musicians, and street performers. It was meant to address the dearth of open-air markets in the city's downtown while also attempting to connect disparate shows and events in the area. Here's how it worked. On the first Friday of each month, the program would host a downtown art walk, as well as dozens of artisanal food and craft vendors, augmented by street performances and workshops, especially highlighting local businesses, galleries, and creative spaces who would open their doors during these evenings. Over the last five years, Newark First Fridays has grown to include photo launch parties, wine tastings, a monthly comedy show, and countless after parties, which I may or may not have attended. <laughs> uh, several guests of the podcast have been featured as part of Newark First Fridays, uh, whether it was Gabe Ribeiro or Samantha Cateus selling their products at vendor booths in Military Park, uh, or Marcy DePina DJing a party during one of the uh, Fridays, or John Ward hosting a wine tasting. Despite the COVID-19 crisis, Newark First Fridays has continued um, with online uh, live streams, um, Zoom interviews, and other virtual events. Um, in time for its fifth year, Newark First Fridays will be coming back with a mix of virtual, in-person, and hybrid events later this spring. So to talk about the program, we have Isaiah Little, creative director and founder of Gallery Retail and Newark First Fridays. Um, I've known Zay for probably five years at this point. Um, and uh, I'm a regular attender of Newark First Friday events, um, you know, going back to, to when it started. Um, it started right when I moved back down to the downtown. So my first question to you, Zay, is um, how are you doing? Hey, man, I'm well. Um, I'm present, mindful, um, and uh, grateful. I'm counting my blessings. That's uh, how well I am. That's very well centered because I would be screaming right now. It's like we're almost there, but like you know, cases are still rising and the vaccine's out. And, you know, I think a lot of people are high stress right now, but I, you're a fountain mm -hmm. of, of not just wisdom, but like a fountain of um, calm. I often find um, every time I see you, I see you in this sort of very present mood, despite the fact that you're trying to run like a massive event downtown, arguably the biggest regular event, like the biggest monthly event in Newark that isn't like in an arena, right? Um, I, I'm I'm happy to I'm happy that I I, I project that. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 an everyday struggle, but yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, so let's talk about you know how did this all start? I mean, uh, something like this doesn't come out of nowhere. What what caused you to to organize Newark First Fridays? Uh, well, I think the, the, the very first thing was just my experiences, you know, seeing other places, experiencing other places. And uh, I went to school out in Philadelphia and uh, probably from my freshman year on, uh, First Fridays was just like a thing you knew about, a thing that you were familiar with. Uh, being in Philly and being, a, a, I guess, a student there, it was a very inexpensive way to kind of like get around, have fun. Uh, weekend, uh, I'm, you know, shameless plug or shameless, you know, uh, admission. It was definitely one of those things where it was a cheap date as well. So you can pretty much like traverse, uh, the city as well as, you know, uh, be a little experience the culture of that place. And, uh, upon returning to, you know, uh, New Jersey, uh, from, you know, spending my time out in Philly, um, I was, you know, sort of observing the scene in Newark um, and then sort of just I've seen what was kind of missing, um, frankly, and then uh, sort of pairing that with my experience uh, in Oakland where their First Friday is a little more organized. Uh, they have a couple of different nonprofits that actually lead the activities in the Oakland Bay Area. And, um, you know, I, I figure this is perfect for you know sort of what newark needs uh there you know still are uh sort of like a number of galleries you know you can kind of count them mm. um but there's uh a thirst you know for arts and culture so uh, i felt like it was like a perfect marrying of what the city was uh sort of like urging for looking for in need of and uh you know some of my experiences that i could uh, help to uh instigate you know here uh locally in Newark. So what were like the roadblocks or challenges you kind of run into 
trying to set up this kind of event because it's not, I can't imagine it's easy. It's, you know, hurting artists and, and, and craftspeople must be like hurting cats. Oh man. Oh man. Uh, you must be looking at my notes. Um, <laughs> I think for, I think it's definitely, that's a fact. That's a fact. I don't know any other, you know, profession where it's as tough to organize, uh, coordinate artists and creatives. We all have our processes, right? Um, but, uh, I think one of the biggest is, uh, people being familiar with the format of what, you know, North Press Fridays is, what the goal of, of it is. I think the toughest year was our first year because no one had any context of what I was trying to do. Right. And then, um, I think every year after became a little bit easier just because folks, you know, had at least some sort of a context and we had visuals or, you know, we've documented what we've done to sort of show what we're trying to do the next year. Um, but aside from that, I think, you know, just with, um, with anything, uh, you know, starting it is a, a learning curve, right? Where, you know, I'm not trying to um, uh, almost like own a Friday, for example, as much as, you know, instigate uh, a tradition. Um, and I would actually love for an ideal world, no first Fridays to be run by a collective of different stakeholders, nonprofit, public, private. Um, so that's actually what we're working towards in our ten-year uh, plan. Wow! Yeah, it's it's amazing that you have you have a vision that long. I mean, ten years. I I, I could barely think one year ahead in my own life, but uh, <laughs> I, I like the fact that you're thinking um, about that in ten years. And uh, this is kind of interesting. So in in ten years. I know you got it at this generally, but what do you think the program would look like? How will it have changed in 10 years? Uh, putting COVID stuff aside, or maybe that's already baked into the plan. Right. But like, what does it look like in 2027 or 2030? Um, or 2031, I guess, because that would be 10 years from now. But like, what? You, I know you see these public and private mm-hmm. partnerships, but like, what, like mm-hmm. just give me like some specifics. Like, what do you, what, what is your dream to see? Well, I think my dream would be for it to be a, a tradition, a platform, uh, a local tradition and platform where uh, folks locally, whether you are the up and coming or the next, you know, Sarah Vaughn or Michael B. Jordan, where you're able to, you know, find these venues, spaces, safe spaces throughout the city and greater North area, you know, not just within the North uh, boundaries, uh, where you'll be able to showcase your talent sell your wares, whether you are, you know, a, a larger institution uh, that, you know, like the NJ Packs of the world or the, you know, Aquaba Galleries um, or, you know, a freshman, you know, out of at Rutgers out of arts high school and you want to co-promote, you know, a market, your experience with the established brand of a note for Fridays, which uh, helps, you know, sort of uh, get people to see your artwork see whatever your artistry is um and that is able to you know be an instigator not just for you know your your artistic career but also uh the economic you know uh trajectory of the city uh oakland's first fridays as of the last report i've seen which is like 2018 or so uh the average visitor out of town visitor for an oakland first fridays was about 80 dollars um was their spend and that's just on that specific day, right? So if they have 10, 12,000 visitors each month for First Fridays uh, in Oakland, that economic impact is 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 pretty impactful, pretty great. Um, and if we imagine that same activity in the West Ward, uh, in the Wellsburg Ivy Hill section, South Ward, where I live now, um, that's pretty impactful, um, you know, both on the the macro level and on the micro level. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of interesting. Um, I'm wondering, obviously we probably don't have that level of data for Newark specifically, but I can imagine something maybe similar. Um, what would your guess be on like people who come to Newark first Friday events? How many of them are non Newark people? Um, whether you count Newark people being residents or people who work here, like how many people do you think you're dragging in from whether it's JC, New York, Montclair, wherever that is? 
Um, I would guess about a third, mm-hmm. maybe like 25% to a third, right? And, you know, just as a kid who's like born in Newark, raised between Newark and East Orange, um, culturally, I think that many of the like, suburb cities uh, around Newark are culturally a part of Newark. Um, but I think that's definitely, you know, at least, you know, 25% to a third that are coming from, you know, the surrounding areas to experience No First Fridays. In other events, just because Newark is the cultural center of the North Jersey area, right? Um, we have both, you know, an intention for that. And I think that it's also just by happenstance because we have more of the venues while we are begging for more spaces to do any sorts of activations. Um, that's kind of like uh, it's going to happen anyway. And then we also, you know, are intentional on in trying to mix up the artists that are featured in No First Fridays, um, as well as, you know, trying to uh, invite as many people from um, the surrounding areas as well. Mm. Yeah, what kind of venues are you, or or, or um, uh, spaces are you trying to bring into the program? Well, I think one thing that we don't have enough of our like nightlife mm. uh venues yep. um and i think another is we're always looking for the next uh artist sort of corridor or or neighborhood right uh halsey street is very very popular energy all right has uh, been bubbling mm. for the last 12 years plus uh military park is where we've had our marketplace uh and sort of like the central hub for the last couple of years um, but we are looking for, you know, potential partnerships with the makerhoods of the world, right? Um, the uh, Mount Prospects, the Bergen Street corridors, um, and then surrounding areas, uh, Orange, Montclair, uh, they have their own sort of like arts scene. Uh, but as a kid from North East Orange, um, I already understand if you live in Ivy Hill, you're way closer to South Orange Village than you are to downtown. So that's equally a part of your, you know, Newark experience than, you know, what's happening uh, um, two steps from Prudential. Yeah, you you kind of tapped into something. It's sort of a running theme with me, at least when I talk about these things, is I think there's a lot of focus in Newark in trying to seed a lot of spaces but okay. these things are often far flung from each other, right? And uh, they don't um, feed into each other, and so they often die on the vine, at least in my mm-hmm. opinion, because they're just not connected to a larger neighborhood or trafficked area that brings in money from outdoors, right? Um, and what I loved about Newark First Fridays, and what I still love about it, um, is it's a sort of trying to do that but not in a f- purely physical sense but rather okay. in ev- an event based spe- uh, event based sense right um and i think what you're describing is you want to create an artist corridor and i think that's an excellent idea because it allows for that kind of um energy harnessing if that makes any sense a sort of critical mass building you got a cluster yeah, yeah a cluster i guess that's a way of putting it yeah um, which is why I was excited for you to talk about it in that sense, because I, I didn't realize you saw it as part of that even larger vision of tapping into uh, specific neighborhoods or trying to help those at least develop through this kind of a, event-based programming. Um, because for the funny, sure. yeah, because when for I lived, sure. yeah, when I lived down here, so I just make a quick point. Like the only mm-hmm. thing to do on a weekend, you know, when I first moved back here in like 2016, was index, <laughs> as if you knew right. people, right? Like you can get in mm-hmm. and like just hang out with everyone on the second floor, um, mm-hmm. and you know, I, it, it's hard, right? When uh, when you're a young person and the only thing to do in downtown Newark on a Saturday night, you know, on a Friday night you have first Fridays at least once a month, but on a Saturday night. Uh, if you're lucky, NJ Pack is maybe doing a really interesting show. Right. Yeah. And um, I think that you know, sort of like to kind of expound on that like ideal situation 10 years from now for North First Fridays, where I have no idea when First Friday started in Philadelphia. I have no idea when the first First Friday event ever happened, right? But by the time I was a second senior <laughs> at Temple University, um, I had learned of three, four, five different things that were happening on the first Friday, on the first Saturday, excuse me, on the last Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. So it was such a 
a bustling scene that first Fridays was definitely like a thing, right? But there was also things that reoccurringly happened on the first Saturday, reoccurringly happened on like the first Sunday in the summer. Um, so as far as, you know, growing our burgeoning, you know, art scene, uh, which has seen um, uh, more and more and more, more popular, more thriving times, uh, there's definitely a, a history of all sorts of creative greats, you know, making it from Newark stages, um, honing their crafts locally on Halsey Street, on Washington University, on down the line. But uh, we've been sort of like disconnected from that. There aren't many record companies based here in the greater Newark area uh, where there once was, you know, dozens. And um, I think that the, the activity begets the creation of more businesses, um, which begets, you know, more, uh, not notoriety, but more success for all the things that we're trying to do. And then we don't need to necessarily leave the city uh, in the greater area because we've established some of those institutions right here locally, whether it be Newark, Elizabeth, East Orange, um, all these places had uh, record companies, uh, performance halls, um, theaters, movie theaters, on, on down the line. Would you actually expand Newark First Fridays to Elizabeth, East Orange, Irvington? I'm trying to think of other good, other good cities where they could definitely use that kind of energy. Uh, I, I would say in short, yeah. yeah. I would say in short, yeah. And I think that the one of the big things with Newark, um, and I would say Newark and slash North Jersey is uh, unlike New York City, uh, Brooklyn, USA, we don't have the best marketing mm. <laughs> where it's, it's kind of hard to market 42, 52 different <laughs> municipalities or something like that, right? Where I don't know how many are in North Jersey alone or Essex County. Uh, but as a kid from Newark and East Orange, it's very hard to sell folks, you know, from East Orange on something that says Newark XYZ, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I do have every intention on pushing that because, uh, when you do visit Paris, uh, you visit Toronto, you visit, you know, wherever, you don't stay on one particular side of a place, uh, one particular part of a town. And New York City is probably, 10 times as big as, as Newark. And you go from parts of Brooklyn to uptown to uh, Lower East Side. And these are way further, you know, places than uh, than, than what we have here in, in Essex County alone. Don't even get me started by Atlanta. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do. I, w- I would love to uh, see, you know, something like our First Fridays, where it incorporates the other um, art centers around Newark. Uh, and, and incorporates what's happening in Newark. Uh, but it definitely, you know, needs to be, in, in my opinion, uh, an adoption, you know, of some uh, stakeholders and pillars in these different areas to to have that happen, you know, genuinely. Well, let's um, let's bring it back down to, to Newark then. So where, um, who do you think you need more support from? Like where, where is the... Um, who is it that maybe hasn't heard about Newark First Fridays or has, but could be, you know, supporting it? And I don't necessarily mean just financially, but in any way that support, mm-hmm. you know, works. Who is it that you need to reach yeah. to? Who is it that you need um, their buy-in from? I think it's a great question. That's a great question. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that it was just prior to the beginning of last season where i began to like realize who i feel not that i didn't from the beginning but like really leaning into the answer of that question um and i would say that would be the community that would be the community and this year we are sort of like doubling down on growing our support uh in a more grassroots effort and way um where the folks who uh, can call shots, can donate, can sponsor, um, I think that a great number of them are aware of Note First Fridays. Um, and I think to sort of really uh, do what we're trying to do or what we're, we're aiming to do as far as 
support artists, support creators, um, have this be something that can drive economics, you know, uh, in an equitable fashion, especially in a creative space. Um, we need more folks from the community to know what we're doing, know what we're trying to do, know where these artists and creative spaces are so that they can support them. The ones that can patron the artists can patron them. Um, so that's why, you know, we're, we've launched our Patreon platform. Uh, we have a special, you know, texting uh, platform to directly engage with um, our audience, you know, um, sort of like circumvent the social media algorithms. And I think that, you know, the, the people of Newark, the greater Newark area, uh, the folks beyond Newark who want to support us, whether it be Note First Fridays or our other, you know, productions, um, will be instrumental in sort of having us grow. And then all of the other, you know, uh, stakeholders, nonprofits, et cetera, you know, will will um, continue to, in some areas, support us. Uh, and then in others, you know, make it more uh, institutional, you know, those different partnerships we're looking to do or embark on. Yeah. I'll be sure to include the Patreon link in the show notes this way. If people do want to support who are listening, uh, just scroll down and you'll be able to, uh, or go to the website and you'll be able to find that link. And just to turn to the present moment, um, you know, the funny, here's a, this is really funny. So the last major event I attended in Newark before the COVID crisis started and arguably since the COVID crisis started, there's been a couple of small things I've done in Newark that are not like big events, but mm-hmm. like, you know, um, it was like Janetza singing outside Black Swan. I wouldn't call that a huge event, but it was a really cool event. Um, was a Newark First Fridays event. It was, hey. it was uh, my good friend who will come on this podcast and I will force him to come on, uh, Justin Williams. Okay. Uh, it was okay, Brick, Brick, C- yep, uh, Brick City Comedy Review. A little secret. I'm actually the door- nice. I was the doorman to the show. I actually collected tickets. Um, nice. And teamwork. I know teamwork, right? Um, and uh, my cousin who was visiting from Portugal really beat the wire at that point. You know, on that one. Um, right. He, you know, I brought him to the show, and it was a lot of fun. But like, I go to that show Friday night. Monday is when. Uh, the CEO at my company makes the announcement work from home. Right. And I'm right. thinking, Oh my God, this is going to be a weird three weeks. <laughs> Here we are right. a year later <laughs> and, right. I, and I'm recording a podcast from my bedroom. <laughs> so my, so the reason why I bring this up is like, what is it? What kind of a loop did COVID-19, the city's restrictions, all that stuff, the, the sort of emptying of downtown, uh, due to Newark First Fridays, and how did you guys respond to it? Um, it's it, it's crazy because I feel like I remember this scene. I'm gonna call it a scene, mm. in that uh, it was that that last week before, uh, almost everyone was home, where there were like some people who were still at work, and then some people who were like, "What the hell's happening?" Um, but you know, ultimately, um. In some ways, it, it, it obviously it shut us down. Like we didn't do anything mm-hmm. in person. Uh, we were supposed to have, you know, a, a litany of awesome things happening in Military Park. Um, none of that happened, <laughs> but we were able to salvage some of our programming where some of the uh, DJs and performers we were actually able to continue to hire mm. through the season last year. Um, but yeah, I would say 60 to 70% of the things we have planned, we had to scrap, um, including, excuse me, a monthly party, uh, that we were, you know, just kicking off over at QXC's. But, um, I think in some ways it, it, it definitely slowed down sort of like the progress we intended for No Chris Fridays. Uh, for example, we wanted to be January through December mm. this year, uh, our fifth year, um, because places like, um, I forget where in Germany, uh, but there's uh, cities in Germany as well as uh, Toronto, right outside of, in Toronto, where they have first Fridays all year round, mm. from January through December. So uh, there shouldn't be a, re- a reason for us to only have first Fridays 
um, and the support for artists and creatives May through September. Um, so I think in some ways it sort of made us, you know, sort of pivot. Um, for example, this coming season, we're ready, you know, uh, for a hybrid, a full hybrid season. And we have uh, silent disco headphones that we purchased. Um, so we'll be able to do not only events uh, in a, our signature events in a, a safe way, um, but we'll also be able to, you know, uh, rent the equipment to other uh, event producers as well. So um, I think in some ways it has made us uh, it's, it's sort of sharpen, you know, our, our, our iron, our sword a bit. Mm. Um, and in some other ways it sort of, you know, made us, um, you know, check ourselves, see, <laughs> assess, are, 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 do we really want to do this? Are we being as impactful as we need to be? Um, and then I think it also sort of uh, reinforced, you know, our mission in that, you know, there's the Creative Catalyst Fund, there's, you know, a, a refocus on inequities um, all through all, all, you know, across the board, you know, because of anti-Black racism. Um, so I think a lot of what, you know, Newark First Fridays was uh, created for is very much things that have ro risen, you know, from the last year in quarantine and dealing with the pandemic. Um, and that, that's almost a sense of pride, mm. but then it also gives a little bit of a, of a, you know, a boost that, you know, we've been doing sort of the right thing before the right thing was trending. And we should be able to, you know, build on that um, because we, that's already built into our mission. Yeah, that's, um, you know, more power to you. I, I, I'm wondering, did you get any type of PPP funding or any other grants? Like how were, like, uh, what was the sort of um, financial uh, lifesavers out there that you were able to get or not get maybe and, and were maybe less than happy uh, about? Well, um, I think one thing, especially just where we are and growing as an organization with Gallery Retail, uh, we did not receive PPE, but we did receive locally uh, Creative Catalyst, you know, funding. Um, and I think just with the ability to sort of like pivot a bit, um, some of the experiences we put on, uh, we were able to sort of float um, and sort of like with the uh, reputation of gallery retail no first fridays the consulting side of our business we were able to sustain uh through 2020 um and it be able to uh resume you know a lot of our programming and public activities uh art stuffs uh 2021 uh, which i'm grateful for for sure yeah and i'm glad to hear that it's um because it's amazing to see how many um whether you want to call them businesses or institutions have faltered uh, in Newark because of the COVID crisis. Right. And, right. you know, you pull, you know, uh, Newark first Fridays pulling through is really exciting to hear because, you know, I, I can tell you downtown Newark is a little bit, not completely, but a little bit of a graveyard at the moment where we've lost quarter. It's a little bit. Yeah. It's a little bit. I mean, I think we were at a great point just prior to like we were, we had a lot of momentum um, you know, you can never count someone else's pockets or how well the organization is or business is doing. But I think that we definitely had a good momentum going into the middle of March. And, you know, there's some new things that have, you know, popped up in the place of other things, but it definitely has been, you know, a roller coaster to see places uh, thriving through this time and then some other places, you know, uh, closing their doors. Yeah, um, but I, I, how many were there? Any partners of Newark First Fridays that didn't make it through, um, or at least, or I, I know, like I, I don't want to bring them up unnecessarily, but Aquaba, right? I think we, Marcy and I brought us up on the last podcast. I think it was Marcy and I. Okay. Um, just like you know, the struggle that they're not out yet, but like you know, how, the struggle that Aquaba right. is going through right now. Uh, I can only imagine the same is true for Afero. Well, Index has its own issues before the crisis, but um, you know. I would say that, you know, the only ones that are, I guess are like partners or have we like partnered before that, you know, no longer with us is like a 27 mix. Oh yeah. Um, where we've had, you know, a few after parties and things with them. 
Um, I think I think everyone um, had their after parties at twenty twenty seven. I mean, you. But I mean, at, at one time they they weren't as open. To, yes. To yeah, stuff. yeah. And then True. at one time they were like anybody come on down. Um, but uh, I mean, you have, you know, Rutgers is you know where the Shine Gallery, Shine Portrait Studio is where we have uh, a number of events. Um, you know, just for safety reasons. You know, I'm pretty sure that's why you know we aren't there. Um, military park, you know, I don't think that's a hundred percent due to the pandemic. Um, but you know, with the transition of, you know, former leadership, mm. um, we are not in the public space for, you know, obvious reasons. Um, luckily many of the, the small restaurants, many of the, um, mom and pop businesses are actually, you know, sort of like seeing it through. Uh, which is exciting. Um, I think what may have happened more so is, you know, losing, you know, an artist or someone due mm-hmm. to, you know, some family stuff or some priority shifting, right? But luckily, I think that there's a, a very few or couple, you know, folks in the minority that have had to close that we've been in contact with. Actually, Katas might be another one, uh, but, you know, there's you know, a reincarnation yeah, of that business. So they're what they're called um tequila they switched to spin- Little Tijuana. Little, that's it, Little Tijuana, yeah. You're right, you're right. Right, right, right. right. So I mean I think part of part part of the things that have happened, at least with some of our partners or previous partners, has been uh the pandemic, you know, unavoidable and then some others it's you know sort of you know a trajectory that might have been happening already. And then it just sort of expedited, you know, that uh, mm. transition. Um, but yeah, luckily, most of the artists, creatives, spaces that we uh, have worked with, we've tried our best to keep in touch with. And like even like QXTs, they even closed for a lot of this uh, pandemic, but they are looking to open um, in a adjusted fashion, you know, more as a lounge. But, you know, Burger Wallas, the Yards, they are all, you know, thriving. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because uh, my friends and I, we worked on a, we did an in memoriam on the New Yorker magazine, which should be out by now, um, okay. of uh, five in memoriams of places that have not made it through the COVID crisis. And it, it was mm. weird to reflect on that because, you know, a year later and you're like, okay, so it's quarter basis is gone, which I personally liked a lot. Hell's Kitchen, you know, funny mm. enough, also is gone. Um, it's oh, wow. being reinvented into, into a beat kitchen, B E E T, not B E A T. Okay. And um, it's so weird to see the transition. And I think this connects to First Fridays. Um, the like the transitions happen in many ways. So for some, it's mm-hmm. quarter is just folding because it was so dependent on foot traffic from the downtown. Right. And there's. Um, you know, there's Hell's Kitchen, which is just the, you know, the Hell's Kitchen was designed around later millennials and, you know, like really young mm-hmm. Gen Z or really late millennials. And now it's transitioned to this post-millennial existence as a health food thingy or, or a higher end mm. food thingy. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, I'm going to bring up the G word now, right? Go but for it. Um, what is Newark First Friday's relationship to gentrification and change in Newark? And um, you know, how does that does that factor into what you know the how the program is structured, who gets prioritized, um, and stuff like that? I would say yes and yes. And I mean, um, I went to school for entrepreneurship, been fascinated on how you know economics shape communities, and I think even you know just being a kid of this this city in this greater area, right, where I have one one parent uh who's come from a family who's been in this area bloomfield newark since like the late 1700s and then you have another parent who you know his whole family moved here in the early 60s or late 50s uh, at the earliest so uh i think i have an appreciation for place the cultural heritage of place as well as how that changes, right? And I think that um, even if you look at you know the the the, re- the resurgence of you know caring for Black lives, um, I think that Newark being a historical Black city um, and looking at uh, the future of Black folks in this 
area, folks who've been here forever, whether they're black or not. Um, it's definitely something to think about, um, especially, you know, coming from Philadelphia, where I saw the transition in my time there. Um, yeah, I think No First Riders will continue to sort of aim to be a platform and an institution for folks who are here so that they can be a part of what's becoming. Um, I think that even in uh, Dr. Claude Anderson's uh, book, Poweronomics, um, as a, you know, a black person or a person of, you know, of color, you, you start a business and you sell it to everyone, right? So I think we'll definitely, you know, continue to uh, aim to contribute to the shaping of the culture here, right? Um, and uh, a real estate investor, you know, mentor of mine said, you either have a lot of money or you have a lot of time, right? <laughs> um, and I think that <laughs> I think that uh, where the majority, you know, uh, you know, uh, at least my peers, right, we got a lot of time, right? So even if we don't have the one point or what is it, what are we now, $5 billion going mm -hmm. into the ground and redevelopment, yeah. uh, we have a lot of time invested here in this community. We got a lot of human capital. Um, we got a lot of sweat equity that we still have a little bit of time to contribute um, so that when the dream tower um, is built or the halo uh, building is built on, on, on Washington Street, um, the folks at Walker House on down to one theater square want to be a part of the culture of what's happening outside so that they participate in North First Fridays from their you know lobby on out to, you know, uh, the makerhoods, which is very much in the Central War. And my family's, you know, can tell you a ton of stories about the Century War, but um, yeah, I definitely see you No know, First Riders playing a role in integrating and not the mm -hmm. uh, assimilating sort of way, but the integrating of like the different peoples and cultures and contributions uh, while, you know, focusing on doing that in a, an equitable way. I'm actually kind of interested, you know, to ask you a little more specifically, how do you source talent and participants and events for that matter for Newark First Fridays? Um, we, I, I think the, the best way is just to sort of cast the widest net that you can, right? I think, you know, it's, it, a lot of it starts from obviously your personal networks, um, you know, the largest, I mean, the widest, I guess, way to kind of put yourself in places is social media. Um, but then I think also uh, visiting other experiences and venues um, with, you know, the advent of social media um, and my personal capers. Uh, I, I have certainly <laughs> I have certainly invited <laughs> I have certainly invited folks from, you know, the randomest places in, in Pennsylvania to come do, you know, uh, a comedy show, uh, not not uh, J Justin Williams Brick City comedy show, but an event for myself. Um, and I've done the same thing, you know, for, you know, DJs, um, whether it be, you know, visiting different spots in Philly or um, I'm really excited about some things I won't speak about this year, but um, I try to, you know, incorporate, you know, folks or things that I find on my travels um, along with, you know, trusted ears, again, that I've met along my travels. Um, I'm looking to bring, you know, some, some interesting international folks as soon as <laughs> we can uh, do anything international again. Um, but yeah, uh, obviously we leverage social media and the internet, but I, I do try to, you know, bring uh, some of my favorite things from trips and, you know, voyages. You know, it's funny, let's, to bring it back to the success of the program, and you mentioned Justin again, um, and if he's listening out there, he's probably going to laugh at this um, story, or or just or call me up and you know yell at me. Um, but I'll never forget. I'll never forget. It was I think probably December or November of 2019 when I had been going to the show religiously every week. Oh, sorry, every month. The Brick City Comedy Review for years at that point, or two years probably. And okay. he told me he's like you know. I'm going to move the show to a Friday night. It used to be on Thursday nights, which I loved because there's usually yep. nothing going yep. on on a Thursday night. And he's like, I'm going to move right. it to a Friday and I'm going to charge a cover. <laughs> to which I looked at him <laughs> and said, what? what? Like fewer people are going to show up 
it's gonna be hard. Right. Like you're gonna, it's gonna be harder for you to get artists uh, to come or art mm-hmm. in his in his um uh, in his world comedians, you know, acts to come in. And lo and behold, right. I I you know I I offered to manage the door for him, and we clocked a hundred people. <laughs> Put it like Bro, one of the largest I, shows aside from his Luke, when the Lucas Brothers came for the fifth anniversary. Um, I think that was the the kickoff. Yeah, was that the kickoff? Was that the kickoff? It was oh, the kickoff God. to the third year. Um, and I was just blown away that there was an appetite for that. Even like someone like me, who I think people think of me as a champion for the city, I was being a little mm-hmm. negative, Nancy. A little skeptical. <laughs> a little skeptical, <laughs> as everyone, every cynical, even one might say. Um, it, it, which is at this city, I could do a whole podcast about skepticism and cynicism in the city, right, which is a right. ugly. I mean, actually, I'll ask you that. This is my question. Like, how do you deal with skepticism? I'm sure you get it. Like I'm almost I, positive you get it thrown at you. I get it, and I think that one of my privileges in life has been not only you know birthing order, the family I've grown up in, but also just my experiences, right? So like one of my earliest, I think like aha's not not earliest, but a early aha for me was a statistics class I took in high school, <laughs> and ultimately, um, I, it was a competition where like for whatever semester we had this facetious amount of money and it was like, Oh yeah, play with this money. And then whoever, you know, has does the best with it, you know, um, wins, whatever. Right. It was basically bragging rights, but mm-hmm. you basically like an A plus or whatever. And the only guy to do better than me was he actually was kind of cheating. They, we, we figured that out later. His dad, uh, was actually a stockbroker and was assisting him in the class. So he cheated and we figured that out, but I won on Healy's. Uh, basically putting a lot of my money in Healy's and fast forward. <laughs> the thing, exactly. We remember those terrible things running around the yeah, mall. Yeah, the mall, right? right? That's what but, I think was the mall. Oh, oh my, my God. God. It was just like half the kids in the mall had Healy's. Um, but ultimately, I look at it as you can laugh. You can, you know, look at it like, Nord, you're putting all your energies here. And it's so funny because many of my friends from, from school and whatnot, uh, they appreciate my commitment <laughs> for putting on <laughs> but um I, I look at it as almost like betting low on a stock you know buying yeah. low and then selling high um and the, the, i look at it also as wherever else you go in the world right now right there's a much more developed culture mm. uh the real estate is a lot more expensive um most of my family isn't there right so it's it's a con- it's, it's a lot of things that pragmatically don't make sense. Uh, so it's easy for me actually to look at Newark, East Orange, uh, Hillside, Elizabeth as opportunity, and as people are looking at it as you know not having value, that's good for me as a person who's studying entrepreneurship, j- just on on that basis, right? Um, and then knowing the people and knowing what's here. It's almost like a best kept secret that, you know, is slowly getting out, but getting out to people that are appreciative of what's happening here. So I'm actually like appreciative of it because looking at Philly, looking at D.C., um, cities where they are much further ahead in their uh, development or gentrification, depending on how you look at it. But I look at Newark where I can still, you know, have some impact right um if i move back to i don't know los angeles or new york city in 2014 and then was like oh yeah i want to do this thing called uh brooklyn flatbush williamsburg first fridays or Mm. you know downtown la first fridays like i'm pretty sure that'll be a much harder task um and i think that newark is one of those places where the mayor aside, right? You can do some pretty cool things um, in 2021. Toronto, I don't see an open piece of land downtown. Um, and I see Newark with plenty of neighborhoods ready to uh, be shaped. Yeah, it's funny. You tap into that dichotomy where I both keep saying, you know, we need these kind of things here. You know, whatever it is, cocktail bar, whatever, right? And then I see mm-hmm. them open and immediately start freaking out <laughs> because I'm like, oh God, <laughs> it's coming. How much time do I have? How much time do I right. have before I need to go? 
Exactly. It's such a weird experience to be in, and and Newark is in this weird space where it's like, I, like, and maybe that's like what charges my existence is both being happy to have the simple things we have here, but constantly also mm-hmm. being upset that we don't. But then getting upset even more so when they do come because they're often brought in by outsiders and they're not endemic to here. Um, but like, I guess First Fridays is the sort of cure to that. Right, where when I, I walk, so. yeah, it'd be, a, it'd be a part of that. Be a part of that for sure. Yeah, because when you walk through First Fridays, it's it's people I know. <laughs> um, I mean, this is still a small enough city where you know uh, a cat sneezes in the South Ward, and I hear about it on Monday morning. Right. Exactly. Um, exactly, and I think that it's one of those things, right, where you know it can take over an open, empty space, um, but then it can also be something where you know the the person who's coming from Oakland and, you know, is looking to, you know, open up a business here because this is one of those places where it is, you know, still a diverse city, right? To be frank, it's still a diverse city and people want to see and have their kids be raised with other people um, that don't look like their kid or them, right? So you come here in an ideal world, also with that 10-year plan, I opened up a coffee shop but I want to have, you know, a small stage in the front of my storefront. And I can provide that to a young person coming from our tie, a young person coming from West Side, or, you know, uh, a songwriter or comedian to test out some new material. Right. And if that's happening all around the city, which it once did, it's not an anomaly. Right. Uh, I would love to be a part of that. And I think that similar to, you know, the folks who go into the city, New York City, that is, and exercise, you know, this new material the same way, we'll, we'll look to Newark as a stop before or after um, as it once was, as it once did. Ah, oh, that's nice. Um, so I guess to round out this conversation, like, uh, what can we expect for the first first Friday, um, the first hybrid mixed one? Like, what can we look forward to this um, coming weeks, in the coming weeks? Well, you can definitely uh, look forward to us doubling down on trying to hear from, you know, our audience, hear from folks who are supporting us um, and double down on on giving them what they're looking for and what they love. Um, So we launched our Patreon platform uh, in which, you know, different levels, I think starting at $10, you'll start to receive items from us, uh, merchandise Um, at $30. I think at, you know, at $80, we support local businesses and actually marketing local businesses in our, you know, Milk First Fridays uh, messaging. In addition to the, uh, the Patreon platform, uh, we have a, a texting platform uh, so that we can circumvent, you know, the social media algorithm um, and directly, you know, connect to you and keep the audience updated on what's new with us, what's happening. Um, and that number is 973-556-2846. Um, we do have, you know, as we said before, hybrid, you know, programs already scheduled, um, art therapy workshops with, uh, dropping jewels. Um, we have our, uh, market, uh, continuing in a more boutique sort of fashion, um, at different locations each month, um, as well as some merchandise, which will be, um, available to you actually in a, uh, physical storefront, uh, to be announced shortly. That's really cool. Um, and I'll include a link in the uh, show notes to where the events are, the Patreon and all that stuff um, so that awesome. people can find it. So, yeah, I just want to end with the question I end every podcast with, which is um, what are you excited for in Newark? Oh, man, um, I'm excited for all that is still to be unwritten. Um, I feel like there's you know still so much um, that Newark has already made evident it's yearning for. Um, so the shaping of what that looks like, right? Um, I'm, I'm excited for more places for people to perform. I'm excited for more places for uh, stories to be amplified. Um, uh, I'm excited for, <laughs> for people to be uh, together in person again. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that's like shared everywhere, but I, I do know that every time I see people 
uh, at this point, you know, like last week I saw somebody and it was almost like jumping up and down because I was mm. like, oh, you, you, you're you still here. Bless. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to shaping, you know, what what's happening here uh, with um, comrades and, and friends I haven't met yet. Yeah, um, that's exciting. I um, I can't wait to see that either. And, and I think events like like First Fridays um, are, are great opportunities for us to reconnect, especially after a year uh, where there's a lot of people in this town who I still haven't seen. Uh, I've talked to over the mm-hmm. phone or, or in other ways, but I haven't physically seen them in quite some time. What right. Yeah, what I'm excited for is um, it's that time of year. So cherry blossoms, they're great. Yeah. They're lovely. Yep. Uh, they're gone in like five days or after a really bad rainstorm. Rain. So, yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so go up to the Brentshire Park. They should be in full bloom by the time this podcast comes out. Um, and enjoy right. them and beat the, you know, the tourists there. Although hopefully there won't be as many tourists this year. Um, hopefully. But um, yeah, that's what I'm excited for. Um, so that's it for this episode. I want to thank our guest, Zay. This is Manny Antunes, host and producer of the Pod and Market Podcast, editing and sound engineering by Bob Frey's podcast and logo design provided by Robert Conti, additional creative input by Samantha Cateas. We have a Patreon, which you can find on our website if you'd like to support the podcast. We also have some merchandise available for purchase. If you would have, uh, if you have a subject you would like to hear discussed on the podcast, please email podandmarket at gmail.com or contact the pod through social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And it's April, so we're going to uh, celebrate Poetry Month with my one of my favorite American poets, who is Emily Dickinson. This is the first stanza from... Uh, poem 479 um, or it was labeled 479 by her Um, this is a pretty iconic poem which just shows her delightful weirdness, she was a delightfully weird person Um, and so I'm just going to read the first stanza because I could not stop for death he kindly stopped for me the carriage held but just ourselves an immortality thank you (laughs) 